Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Marie O'Connor. Marie is the Chief Executive Officer of Exhale Spa. Welcome to the podcast, Marie. Thanks, Jenna. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I've been looking forward to chatting with you and hearing a bit about your story. First of all, tell us about Exhale Spa and what you do as CEO. Sure. So Exhale Spa has been around for a little over 20 years now, um, and we currently have 11 locations um, in addition to three other locations inside airports. Um, we are traditionally known for our fitness, our bar and yoga classes, as well as new um, classes that we're bringing to, to the market, as well as our day spa, which includes it, which includes massages, facials, body scrubs. And just recently, about a month ago, we launched our new innovative health and wellness services, um, which is another component of our business, which will be our med spa slash recovery spa. Um, very cool treatments, as you would, uh, you can say, such as whole body cryotherapy, compression therapy, pressotherapy, infrared saunas, um, as well as some medical uh, treatments such as IV vitamin drips, Botox, fillers, laser machines, body sculpting. Um, so we're kind of a one-stop shop for for everything. Yeah, that's incredible and uh, really interesting. And I'm I'm kind of fascinated to chat with you because, um, to be honest, I haven't really worked with or had the chance. I think on the podcast, I'm trying to think. Um, no, I don't think I've really had someone in your in your industry, if we think of the health or, and fitness element of what you do. And so, yeah, it's wonderful to have you on. And I'm looking forward to hearing um, about your story. And also, if we have a chance at the end to ask a little bit about your, you know, about the industry and what it's like to lead in your industry, because I think it's really interesting. But let's start with your story. Um, and let's go back to the beginning. I'd love to ask about your childhood and growing up. What were some of the moments or even themes from that season of your life that really shaped you into the person and leader you are today? Uh, you know, I think that it, it's probably very cliche to say, but it really kind of started all with my parents. I'm a, you know, first generation um, Irish American. My parents came over here when they were teenagers Um they, they actually met here at about 17 or 18 years old. Um, typical Irish American or Irish Catholic family. My dad's one of nine children. My mom's one of 18 children. By the time they're 15, 16, they either went to England or they came to America um, in order to make a living. And so, you know, they really instilled hard work, accountability, um, into us, we, I'm one of five children. Um, I have four brothers, so I could 
especially young. I was um, definitely a tomboy and I didn't let boys push me around. Um, and, you know, I think that the expectation of success um, was instilled with us since we were little. Um, they came from nothing, uh, ended up having multiple houses, being very successful. Um, but, and they sent us to the best schools. Um, I, we lived outside of Westchester. We lived in, inside Westchester, um, which is just outside of Manhattan. It's there, it's a suburbs, um, very wealthy areas. Um, they sent us to the best private schools that they could. But, you know, they also, if we went to McDonald's once a month, it was a big treat. Um, they spent their money where they found need, uh, where their children can, you know, benefit the most from. Um, so, so again, they, they, they really geared us all towards success. And I think that I've always felt that I needed to show them and even all my brothers are very successful We have lawyers. I have two, both two of them have doctorate degrees, um, other ones own many properties. And so we're always trying our parents really instilled that success, um, around us since we were little. It's funny, uh, I know you said it's cliched, but it is so true how often great, great leaders in any sector anywhere in the world, um, that there's often, you know, uh, parents are, are often one of those mentors, you know, one of those people that, that people look back to and go, there's something, that's where I first learned this lesson or that lesson. So no, it's lovely to, lovely to hear that. Are there any, when it comes to work ethic, um, are there any stories of your parents and work ethic that really stand out like specific moments where you can think back and think, yeah, that was typical, typical parents in terms of <laughs> how they went above and beyond or just were willing to sacrifice, you know, to just work, work hard to make a, to, to create a good life for, for you and, and your siblings. You know, I still, I still don't understand how my mom did it. Um, she was, she wasn't working, uh, at, at, in a job per se, but and I shouldn't say this because I'm a mother of three. She was a stay at home mother. And that is in and of self is a job, but she had five kids under the age of six, right? So five kids within six years. And I never miss, and I was in multiple sports, every single season and every one of my brothers were i went to feshes and tournaments we did irish dancing and and i played the tin whistle and accordion and i never missed a practice missed a competition nor did any of my other four brothers every evening every weekend i still don't know how she did it <laughs> and i just think that's pure work ethic and sacrifice for your kids um and, and I mean, I have three kids now and I, I, I can barely make their one swimming class on a Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it sounds like she was able to do that in a way as well that you probably didn't realize at the time when you were, when you were younger, you, you know, you just got there and then you grew up and went, wow. Okay. That was, <laughs> that was actually really amazing that, um, um, and that's such a great leadership lesson as well. You know, that, that idea of the leader being like the, the duck, um, on the pond you know, that looks really calm on top, but is, is swimming 
really fast underneath the water. And uh, your mum sounds like that sort of that sort of person that was obviously doing like how on earth did she do that? But for you, for you kids above the water, she was able to just get you to where you needed to be. And um, yeah, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah, exactly. So as we fast forward from there, I'm interested in one of the first leadership opportunities you can think of where you really felt like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, um, this is real or I'm, I'm out of my depth or there was some sort of challenge to it or you had, um, you were leading a team or you were doing, even if it was something in school and it was really challenging or when you were older, can you think of one of the first leadership opportunities you had where it was really a stretch for Marie? <clears throat> yeah, I, I would think the biggest one for me was, so I, I became a nurse, a bedside nurse when I was 21 years old, 22 years old. Um, you know, I had multiple positions. I went up the ladder pretty quickly at the, in, inside of a healthcare system. Um, by the time so I was 21, by the time I was 26, 27, I was already a supervisor of a large hospital, 300 nurses working for me. That never, I was never felt like I was um, in over my head. I, I felt like I was gradually put there. There was also when you're up, when you, when you go through the ranks um, and you are one of the top corporate, there's still people over you that, that didn't, that still, I never felt like I was drowning, you know, like, cause like there's always someone I could go to, or there's always someone I could talk mm. to or troubleshoot. The one time that it really stretched me thin was when I just jumped into entrepreneurship. I was by myself. I was a solo owner, self-employed, opening up a store, um, my own company doing these health and wellness treatments. Um, this was about six years ago, seven years ago. Um, and I think I had, when I first opened the store, maybe two employees and I've never, I mean, I was, I was a nurse. I never went to business school. Um, no idea how to design a flyer or a website or, you know, and I had no one to talk to. I thought that was the time that first six months, seven months, really, I was scared. Um, but then all of a sudden it just clicks. It's, it's I'm I make the decisions and that's it. I don't need to question myself. I don't need to ask anyone for permission. And I've been doing that for eight years and it just I don't know, it just switched. But that that first six months was, was definitely <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah, because you'd obviously um, you'd obviously really enjoyed having that layer, which I, I can I really resonate with that that layer above you where, OK, I don't know what to do here, so I'll. I'll go and I'll talk to you. And then suddenly as an entrepreneur, you don't have that layer. It stops with you, which is really scary. And I guess it sounds like you you had to change your, you know, how you operate a bit. And, um, and I think as well, um, what I've found as an entrepreneur with, you know, just running a, a consultancy, that's, you know, where, um, where I have, uh, you know, been, a small business owner and entrepreneur is running clarity. And I, I think it's the fact that you need to move so fast and be willing to pivot and 
that can feel really different to what it's like in a larger organization where it's much more about how do we get everyone bought in? How do we, whereas when you're an entrepreneur, it's really about, okay, how do I do an, how do I make sure I'm always doing an MVP? Like I have a a client of mine who runs a small business, uh, a medium sized business. And we're always talking about the minimum viable product. Like let's not get caught up in this. How do we get, you know, how do we get the MVP out? Um, and not and not move too slowly uh, what were the biggest lessons you learned in those six months if you think back to it what were the big things in those six months in your first six months as an entrepreneur that have stuck with you uh, I mean hands down the self-confidence that you gain is just it's unbelievable and it can guide you through the rest of your career um, you know I, I, I even after I sold the business I exited uh, about four years after I started it, um, I, I tried, you know, to jump back in and I had a C, I, I was a chief of staff at one job for a very short time. Um, you know, I was, uh, I, I stepped in as like a co-owner um, slash chief nursing officer in another role at another company. And it's it's just so hard to to run into red tape, right? Because you're not the final decision maker. You either have to com- converse with other people. You have to get approvals. It's very hard to go back to that. Um, and and I I would say then that was probably the number one thing that I got was the self confidence that I'll never I'll never be solely satisfied until till you have your own business again. You know. Um, <laughs> another, another big thing that I learned during the time is, um, customers and employees. And I, and again, my cliche-ness is about to come out is everything. More importantly, when you have a small business, your customers are very, very important. When you start going into, you know, the one to, I don't know, $50 million mark, um, employees need to come. If you're in a leadership role, owner role, employees have to be number one. Because as the owner of a $50 million company, $20 million company, you're obviously (laughs) not touching Mm. the clients, right? Your employees are. Yeah. And that's where your revenue is coming from. It's so important how you lead and guide your employees during that time, um, because they're the ultimate ones that are going to be, you know, bringing in the revenue with your clients. So those are the two things that I probably mostly. So what what have you found? And you've just hit you just explained something really well there that I love how you said, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're focusing on the client, you're focusing on the, on the revenue and client satisfaction. But then as the, as the business grows and grows, okay, now your focus is really on your people because your people are the ones with the client, (laughs) with the clients. And if they're satisfied, Mm -hmm. then you, you have um, a great business. That's where your revenue comes from. Are there any other I guess I'm interested. You've done both. You've done the entrepreneur. Wow. Okay. It's just up to me. And now leading in, um, you know, a a larger setting, um, what's the same and what else is completely different? (laughs) Like what else is the same about being entrepreneur Marie versus Marie, the CEO? And 
what other things have you found? Whoa, I need to, I need to operate completely differently. So the, the, and, 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 and it's a hard switch too, because you get into that mindset before I answer your question. I'll just, I'll just say this. It, it's, it's a hard switch from going into a small business to then grow into um, or step into a role that's um, a larger business because you have these habits of, you know, thinking that you got to be at the front desk and talk to every client because your memberships are low that day uh, or have been low for the last week. And you as the CEO just feel like you got to jump in behind the front desk for two days and, you know, spend six hours behind the desk, but you can't do that, right? You can't just be at one location because you have 14 other ones that are looking to guide that that they're looking for guidance. So the most important thing, I think the difference between being a small and a large and a medium sized company is you have to have the right people underneath you and you need to find out quickly if they are or aren't. There's some people that are coachable and there's some that aren't. Right. If you've said something, uh, you know, I need you to follow up on this um, or this is a project that I need to implement. And, and you know what? They may not do it right or not. I shouldn't say right. They may not do it your way the first, you know, the first time, the second time. But if there's constantly the third time they haven't done it the way that you explained it or they haven't gotten the results that you wanted to explain it, you need to move on because your success is based on them. So either coach them. And if they're not coachable, you need to get the right people in person, or there's just no way that you can scale and do this correctly. Hmm. Yeah, that's so, that's so true. And um, for those listening who are struggling with, with coaching someone, do you have any tips on, on how to, on how to coach a person who is struggling to, to get on board or to get, or to, get results? So I actually was taught this recently. Um, you know, obviously you've heard clear expectations is important. Um, you know, writing down, these are the performance metrics that I want to go through, um, with you. And, um, if it gets to a point that they they may be sh- that they're struggling and you're on the fence of whether you're going to move on or not move on by that point that employee should know that they're not doing a a good job so when i say that i mean you need to be constantly communicating with them that this is what i expected and i didn't get that so i'm going to let's try something else and let's move down on the performance list um, and see how you do there. And then going back two weeks later, three weeks later, let's review what we did and how far we got through this list. You know, so there's it's all about communications expectations, keeping them accountable. And and you and when I say expectations, it shouldn't be, you know, I want you to drive revenue by, you know, two hundred percent in the next month. You know, it's it's I we're rolling out new memberships this month. I am going to, I want to make sure every location knows exactly how to check out those, those memberships by the next 30 days. And in 30 days from now, I am going to go to four locations 
and I want that front desk person to show me how they're doing it. If one person messes up, we're going to have a conversation about this. So realistic, attainable, and not these theories of revenue has to go up, membership has to go up, where there's other uh, things that could throw that metric off. I, I, you need tasky things that they can accomplish and you can measure. Yeah, I love that. I think that, and that's that's why my business is called Clarity, uh, because if you can, you know, in most of business, in my opinion, if you can be clear, that's half the mm -hmm. battle. It's just getting really clear. And it's even, you know, if we don't communicate clearly, but what you said there that I love is if someone's not doing a good job, they should know. It's like, it shouldn't be a surprise to them. What? I thought I was doing a great job. It should be like you should, they should know it even better than you know it because you're having conversations again and again, um, not mm -hmm. to like, just to be really clear about what's expected and what's not working. And it sounds harsh and people get defensive, but it's actually much, it's, it's actually um, a kind way to deal with someone. If you don't tell them and then you spring it on them. Um, actually, I've been waiting to a, to, to say this, I have to look up what the, I had, um, I was wor <laughs> working with, mm -hmm. um, with someone the other day. Um, and they gave me this word in Korean, um, that is, I'm just looking, <laughs> I promise this will make sense. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but the, the, oh, that, here it is. Gap, gap, juggy, gap, juggy, G A P J A G I is this idea that that is this combination of suddenly and like being ambushed so it's like it's a korean word that that combines a sense of feeling ambushed with being surprised and mm -hmm. this person mentioned it to me saying this is what really we want to avoid um when like when it comes to holding people accountable, we want to avoid gup juggy. <laughs> and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's so good. I've never heard of this word in Korean. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. I think that's so important. And, and I love how you mentioned that there. So let me ask you about mentors, Marie, who, are, who have been some of the people in your journey who have had the biggest positive impact on your leadership? Uh, I would have to say I was going through, I had just opened my first business um, and I was lucky. I, I happened to get a the president of a, a college in Manhattan um, actually came in and he offered me a full ride um, to, to the MBA program. And him and the instructors for that entire year, I was just starting my business. I couldn't have come at a better time, um, especially this one professor who's just was unbelievable. He wrote, he showed me how to do, you know, a PL statement to do financial modeling to um, secure investments. Um, he actually came on presentations and pitches for investors with me and he really, really helped me through my entire growth of my company and, and ultimately sale. Um, so in terms of business, that was a huge mentor for me. Um, it, there's a whole other side of me that's in the healthcare field as a nurse. There's one nurse that really 
it took me from, you know, new grad to ICU to, um, you know, supervisor of an acute care hospital. She's, there's one nurse that just took me along the entire way. Um, and she did, it was life-changing for me. Yeah. Incredible. Are there any stories from either of those people that spring into your mind um, that, uh, you know, whether they gave you a great piece of advice at one point, or you just remember watching them handle a situation and going, oh, that's, that's the sort of leader I want to be. Any, any specific stories from either of those two mentors in your life? Yeah. You know, I had, there's one, my, my nurse um, that mentored me, she she said to me one time and I, and it always kind of stuck with me. So we were both at the supervisor level. So again, we kind of, she's been a nurse for 20 years. Her name is Joan. Um, 20 years. I was a new grad. Um, she mentored me for six months into the ICU unit after our mentorship, a couple of months later, she was promoted to RN supervisor. Um, after she was in that position for about a year, she recommended me to go into the RN super. So we had a lot of nurses underneath us and we used to work sometimes shifts together. And she said to me one day, you know, Marie, when the most passionate people that work for you become quiet, that's when you know something's wrong. So, so we were having issues with um, you know, I would work with a supervisor and another supervisor, and we would have to call nurses in, right? That would be a float pool, it's called. So the hospital surging, the beds are overloaded. We need to bring more nurses in. They're not scheduled to work that day, but we'll give them an uh, whatever, a bonus to come in. And when every time I was with one of the supervisors, when I first started, we would call about a hundred nurses and maybe one or two of them would come in, right? But when I was with Joan and it was me and Joan there and she would train me on, on what to do, we would call the hundred nurses and about 50 of them would come. And, you know, maybe one off. Okay. Maybe more were available that day, but this was every single time. And the reason why these nurses were coming in is because they were passionate to work for Joan and it wasn't even her company, but they knew that Joan wouldn't have called her or called them unless it was absolutely necessary. Meanwhile, another supervisor would call and it was like, nope, sorry, don't have time. So you need to lead. You need to lead and have people want to do things for you because they know you would do it for them. So that was probably the one lesson that I learned as a when she was mentoring me. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. It's like um, just that sense of, um, I guess, for people to to know that you really have their back. It sounded like, and I think that's, it's easy to say that, but actually to lead in a way where people know, you know what, if they're calling me and it's because of something really valid, they're not going to waste yeah. my time. It's worth turning up. That's That's actually quite hard to to do as a leader. I think it's easy to say, but yeah, I could, I love that story. Cause I think that speaks volumes about the leadership of, um, of your mentor. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's jump into leadership express. Um, first question I have for you, Marie, 
Can you think of a book that you've gifted a lot to other people or that you find yourself always recommending? Um, yeah, there's one book uh, that says how to win friends and influence people. I always found this yeah. very, very good, um, especially at influencing people. <laughs> it's such a good book and it's really old, um, but it's it's funny. You can read it and if you didn't know it was written back then, it could have been written last year. Um, mm -hmm. It's one of those books that's, um, yeah, that's a great recommendation. And it's so simple, isn't it? But I think most most great concepts are. And um, yes, yeah, a wonderful recommendation. Um, what about one-on-one -on -one meetings? This comes up all the time. People want to know, how do I run a great one-on-one -on -one meeting? How, what have you learned? Any tips for running a great one-on-one -on -one meeting? Listen, just listen. Listen to what people have to say. And, um, you know, whatever the, the goal is for that meeting, say it after you listen. So good. What is a big problem or challenge that you are seeing leaders face in your industry, in, in, in health and wellness and fitness? Um, what's a big problem or challenge leaders are facing? the labor market right now is is really hard um just because of what's happened in the last two to three years uh just treat your people right it's and find the right people it's hard <laughs> good segue um into the next question that i wasn't going to ask but because you mentioned that it, it prompted it uh ultimate tips for finding and keeping game changers like great people that are just wonderful, especially in this type of um, labor market where it is really hard uh, in different industries. Do you have any thoughts? It, it's, it's all about selling, not even selling the dream. It's, they need to understand and be involved in the future of whatever company you you're in or are doing. They need to understand, they need to build up that passion and $10,000, $20,000 between salaries at this job or that job won't make or break that person. You know, what will is if they're happy and they wake up every day and they're motivated and they can't not wake up and check their emails because they want to figure out what happened from the day before. You need to instill passion into your employees, especially the ones that directly report to you, because that will only give them more energy to infuse the next layer of, of employees underneath them. Yeah, so good. Um, what about when it comes to time management? So you mentioned you ha you're a mum with three kids and everyone's busy. Any, like, uh, generally, is there anything that's a bit of a lifesaver for you in how you do work-life integration, how you, you manage your time, any, any sort of cream of the crop kind of um, tips that, that really help? Um, you, you know, everyone, everyone's different. Um, I, me personally, I set every a time at six o'clock to seven 30. It's dinner, bath time, bed. Um, I try mm. as much as I can to never miss that. Um, especially if I'm in at home, um, working from home, I would always <laughs> shut down my computer and take that hour and a half with the kids. Um, 
obviously I'm away sometimes, so can't do that, but you need to prioritize, um, or at least give yourself an hour to an hour and a half daily, if you can, um, set aside just for yourself to make you whatever it is, you know, yeah. whatever exercise yeah. or kids or whatever it is, just make sure that you give your time. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, I, I, I like, um, that, that approach. Thank you. Um, Okay, this one can be lighthearted or you can pick something serious. What's a, a movie or a TV show that is a real favorite of yours or really influenced you? Um, I, my favorite movie of all time has always been Titanic. I don't know why. I just, maybe like <laughs> I'm such like an emotional bowl of mess, but it may, I, I literally cry my eyes out throughout the entire thing. But it has always been my favorite movie by, ever since it came out. <laughs> Uh, that's so good. I do love a tragedy. There's something about, I love a movie where you finish watching it and you can't stop thinking about it for a couple of days because you're still like, oh, just the, it really affects you. And it's definitely one of those movies. It just, you know, the, the mm -hmm. story and the, yeah, it's, um, so no, that is a, that it is a beautiful, uh, beautiful movie. Okay. Last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Hmm. Failure is inevitable and never, ever, and always remember this, every entrepreneur has always failed. But the difference between entrepreneurs and people that fail is that entrepreneurs never give up. So just keep going. You may think this is the worst possible thing that ever happened to you, but I can guarantee you if you get out of this and keep going, that success is, is bound for you. Wonderful. That's such great advice. And I, I can't agree more. I think, um, we need to keep failing. And as someone said, um, I can't remember where I heard it. This is a problem when I do, um, the podcast is <laughs> I really want to, I'm trying to pick out where I heard something and then they, it goes into a bit of a blur after a while. But I remember someone mm -hmm. saying, you know what, um, if you want to be innovative and you have to be as an entrepreneur, but for any leader, if you want to, if you want to lead an innovative organization, then innovation means experimenting and experiments. Like we know that in a science lab experiments will fail. That's the whole point. It's an experiment. It's going to, it's going to either prove the hypothesis or it's going to fail. And that's great. We've now got more data. And, and I just love that point to say innovation requires experimentation, which means if you and your team are going to experiment, you are going to factor in, you have to factor in failure. It's actually part of it. It's, it's, um, and it's just, but it's so hard to get your head around. So I love that you mentioned that because that's been a challenge for me too. Well, uh, for those who've really enjoyed today, Marie, how can they, how can people find you or follow you online and also find out more about Exhale Spa? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can email uh, me at, marie.oconnor at exhalespa.com. Um, you can also visit our website at exhalespa.com. Um, <clears throat> you can follow us on Instagram, exhale underscore fit spa life. Um, oh, and we're in most of uh, most large cities across the country. Um, so come visit us. We'd love to see you. 
Wonderful. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. What a what a fun episode and great stories and anecdotes and wisdom. Um, don't forget, I also have the uh, John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day Podcast, two other places you can go to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Marie, for being so generous with your time and uh, for being such a joy to spend time with. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Enjoyed speaking with you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership. And leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. 
Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in Step Up or Step Out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.